welcome. Uh, Sophia, hello, Julia, Magdalene. First of all, I'd like to know if anybody has any questions or comments they, they would like to make about their Kundalini process. Anything going on with anybody here? Oh, yes, go ahead, Magdalene. Go ahead. Uh, so today, I, I posted, um, uh, I just posted uh, something on Facebook. It was about uh, me applying the prayer of uh, Francis uh, Assisi. And I was commenting on uh, how helpful this prayer was uh, at the time. And I think today the problem is, uh, I think it's about maybe being able to apply this prayer on a more constant level, like constantly. So uh, I think for me, the difficulty is uh, being able to apply that prayer in a more constant basis, even if the challenge seems to be harder. So I think could have done a bit better with uh, trying to remember to do that. Hi, Jen Schlosser. Do you have something you'd like to add? Um, you know what? I am just coming to Kundalini. I mean, I think I was actually born with Kundalini, but like I was raised Catholic. I, I mean, I grew up in central Minnesota. I mean, I know about a lot of different, you know, religions that I've chosen to study, but I need to unlearn everything that I learned, really, is what's going on here. <laughs> well, actually, uh, the Catholic tradition carries many kundalini symbols, many kundalini ideologies. They just don't focus on them. Right. You know. Okay, one so question they... I have. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, is, okay, we have, you know, in the Catholic religion is, you know, the Virgin Mary is, the Virgin Mary, the sacred mother, is that the sacred mother you speak of? Yes. Okay, that makes a lot more sense to me then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and guess what? The Holy Ghost, that's also feminine and sacred mother. Interesting. See, I yeah. left the Catholic religion, oh gosh, years ago. Like 22 years ago, I, I mean, I, I have been living as an agnostic atheist for 22 years. And so, yeah, <laughs> here we are again, you know? Well, actually not. Actually, you've, you've kind of gone further than most Catholics can go. Uh, you, you're coming into the Kundalini. Now, you say you're yes. born with Kundalini. I think that's a fairly rare thing. Uh, in actuality, all of us are born with Kundalini because we all have it, you know, between the, the third and, and last vertebra of the tailbone so everybody has the kundalini everybody has the potential for it but not everybody has the activated awakened aspect of it which is what you may be coming into Jenny. i've experienced the bliss um several times in my life i guess um when i first got clean from iv drug use when i was 17 um i didn't stay clean but i got clean then i experienced that bliss back then um, I'm not, I mean, but 
I mean, and then I've, I've experienced it recently as well. Well, I mean, did, uh, did you experience the bliss when you were using? Is that what you're saying? No, when I got clean. Oh, okay. Sure, sure, sure. That, that, that can definitely occur. Yeah. Kind of like giving you a reason to stay clean. Yeah. Yeah, so that's great. Well, congratulations and welcome. Thank welcome you. Welcome to our, our Zoom program. So I'm very grateful to be here. <laughs> I've been having a hard time figuring out the uh, the mechanics of the microphone and the speakers here, which is why I kept asking about the sound. Uh, but it seems to be working fine today. So welcome and uh, feel free to, to ask a question or make a comment if you wish, okay? Thank you. All right, and, and then now go ahead and, and turn that microphone off because we can hear that wind. Okay, very good. Does anybody, hi, Brett. Yeah, absolutely, go ahead. <laughs> Hello, hello everybody. Hi. Hi. I uh, was thinking about writing on the, the Facebook form, the Facebook page, because uh, it's in these meetings, I had some very strong reactions, uh, positive, let's say. <laughs> I don't want to have connotation reaction means I'm, no. But um, but it's sort of funny. It's sort of contrary to what Chris is advising for a lot of people. So, I mean, it's kind of what, what I'm getting is sort of contrary to what maybe is an, an advice is for other people. Uh, but, you know, a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, we talked about sacred mother and sacred father that's very strong for me i have that i have that understanding and then uh uh Kristen was talking about you know if you have these experiences and things that other people won't understand don't share it with them don't go out there in the public but i'm thinking this is exactly what i do i go out in public to share these experiences and sacred mother and sacred father go Yes, you do, right? In a very, now, very... Now, now, let's let's back up a little bit. You go out there okay. waving a sign saying, I am Kundalini active. Well, I don't, no, I don't, I don't, <laughs> see, I don't frame it like that because no one's going to understand that, right? That's exactly right. And that's exactly what I'm saying when I yeah. say don't go out. And I'm, and I'm especially uh, talking with people who go to their psychiatrist or go to right. a counselor or right. go to an MD. Because right. No, I'm not, I'm not saying anybody. Else, I'm not saying anybody else should. Please, please understand me when I'm saying this. But this is, this is, you know, my. This is my directive. This is my. I go out there and I do static movement and I do drawings for people on the street, and I, I expose what I'm doing and I look like I'm a crazy person. So it's not like I'm hiding. I'm not talking about it specifically. I may have a sign that says, explains it in the most basic terms I have, you know, a sign that says uh, ecstatic experience for the young person. That's how I frame it, because that's a word maybe people can understand. It's not so loaded for other people. Um, well, I think that's great, Brett. I think, and it's not actually counter to what I'm saying, because okay, if you had been using the word kundalini, yeah, that might be a little different for folks. Right, right, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, you I, know, they remember... We went to the dance and you you had a costume. Yes. On. You had a booth yes. like there at this at this public dance venue. And yeah. you were exposing uh, your grace to the population. I thought that yes. was a great idea. Yes. 
so so I still do it. I uh, you know it's 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 also came up when you said some people have to isolate, and that was last week. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not isolating. I'm going out there, and and not that say the isolation is good or bad, or going out there is good. But it has its own challenges. But I go out there, and I had a bliss experience. I was in tears during the session. Uh, maybe you didn't notice it. Just of focusing on that. Um, you know, oh, I'm not isolating. I'm in fact being told to go out and show everybody, you know, to, to a certain degree, what I do. This is, this is sort of seems like my path, what I'm being told to do. This is what needs to be learned. And I'm coming back and I'm doing a lot more artwork, but it's still it's like the Kundalini is telling me to do this and kind of sharing how to do it, but leaving it up to me to a great degree. So a lot of it is challenging. Well, how do I get this word out there? How do I go out there and present it in a more full fashion as an artist? So that's sort of the my my main challenge right now. But basically the story was just sort of contrary to what you were saying. Maybe not completely contrary, but they're saying, yeah, yeah, this is what you're doing. You should do this and continue doing it. I think it's, uh, I don't think it's contrary. I think, okay. it's, uh, you know, it's just the same as anybody. Oh, first of all, Jen, can you turn that microphone off? Jenny, turn the microphone off. You'll have to reach down there in one of the little corners and you can turn that microphone off. Um, I, you know, when people, as in, as in last week, and I said, you know, hunt for for people that you can help, for assistance that you can give, that's also showing the kundalini. That's also, you know, giving people the uh, the opportunity to partake of your energy. Um, I, I do. There, there are other areas within the kundalini that does prohibit a person from uh, self-aggrandizement within the kundalini. Um, you know, bragging or or trumpeting their success with Kundalini, um, but I don't see you doing that. I think yeah. I think you're you're using other words that people can understand, and like ecstatic. And you know, if they if they happen to to understand the basis of ecstatic anything, you're eventually going to come to Kundalini. And so I think it's a great thing that you're doing, Brett. And I support you. Well, I you. have your painting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can't <laughs> you know, I'm sure I did. I don't remember <laughs> which one. So I say keep going. Keep going with it. Okay. Uh, I don't see you falling into braggadocio. I don't see you doing that. Well, um, that. That has definitely been, you know, concern for me. And it's definitely been something I've come up against, you know, and I think it's sort of limited... Well, I wouldn't say limited me, but, you know, I have to reevaluate. I have to give up a lot of pretense yeah. uh, to do what I do. And if I don't, it's it's painful. It's painful. But when that's I give up a little right. pretense, <laughs> oh, it's, it's brutal. It's, it's brutal. brutal. <laughs> Look at what I'm doing. No. Boom, boom. <laughs> but it's sort of like when I give up a little pretense, it's kind of funny. I, have, I felt this in the past, not recently, but... I gave up a little pretense, then the Kundalini would say, okay, we've given up this pretense. We're going to take this other away from you right now. This other attachment you don't even realize you have. Boom. Pull it out of my body, so to speak. 
I'm like, oh, that's kind of painful too. But taking yeah. that step forward a little bit on my own, with a little bit of volition, Kuhlin goes, okay, well, I'll help. Uh, so well, I hopefully now I've come to a point where I, I don't have too much bragging or too much self-aggrandizement, but it's still part of the process of, of in this world of, you know, promoting myself as an artist. So that's sort of a hard, it's a sort of a fine line to, 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 to follow. Also knowing that, you know, the Kundalini, I, I believe wants me to go out there and promote myself and to have some, uh, my artwork shared in some ways. To be uh, in any kind of a performance situation, to have Kundalini, you have to look at that line. But you also have to realize that everything that you do from your breathing to, uh, like, say, for you, you're painting with an ecstatic line. This is all from the Kundalini. And so there's a radiance that comes from every aspect of the physical being that you are and the movements that are coming through it. And, and so it's not like you have to hold up a sign that says, hey, I'm Kundalini mm -hmm. active. Kundalini mm -hmm. will take care of that. She will attract mm -hmm. those who she wants to attract to what you're doing. And putting it out there into the public, I think is a real service for people. And I suggest that everybody do that, just not in a way that is self-aggrandizing. Mm -hmm. As an artist, uh, you can infuse your painting with kundalini. And, and I've spoken with Julia about this as well. Uh, you know, you know, she also is, is an extreme painter and, and uh, she has the capability to infuse the pigments that she uses uh, with kundalini so that when a person looks at that painting, they receive the gift of grace. Same with you, Brett. Same with, uh, with a person who would be a musician. Uh, you know, it, like if I'm singing, you know, see love in all things, you know, the kundalini comes through on the voice. It comes through on the voice when I'm speaking here. And uh, I just got to tell uh, Jenny Schlosser that uh, this is an activation Shaktipat that you're receiving as you listen to this. So just be advised that if you feel a certain way uh, during this Zoom or after the Zoom, that's what's going on. Don't, it's, there's no panic needed. Okay. It's just, we have to, we have to be honest and clear about that. So yeah, I think it's great, Brett, what you're doing. And I do uh, encourage you to continue doing it. All right, uh, anybody, uh, Julia, do you have something to say about that? Go ahead, tell them what I've spoken with you about the uh, the painting and, and infusing your, your picture, your paintings with Kundalini. Well, I, to be honest, I'm not very aware of that process. I'm just really just in the state of, in the state of, creating and um, the place of intuition but I don't really think about it like I'm not thinking like okay now I'm going to put Kundalini into this uh, it's not how it's working for me um, I, I guess just Kundalini using me in ways that I'm not aware of right that's exactly right 
Yeah, I didn't mean to suggest that 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 you're backing up and raising your arms and going, okay, Kundalini whoosh into the painting. <laughs> it's like I told Brett, you know, every action that you make, every movement, every act of creation is infused with Kundalini. And so she knows how to direct your hand. You know, Brett, if you've seen some of his painting, you know, Brett's hands are being directed. Okay, it's ecstatic. I mean, he's, yeah, I don't, I don't know, Brett, that you're putting a lot of, uh, of uh, intentional control into it, are you? No. And it's the same with you, Julia. So, so I don't, you know, it's the act of creation that she comes in and she begins to control the movements of your hand and the, the, uh, the, you know, the aspects of your vision that, that shows you where on the picture you want to work next that type of a thing. Now, when Magdalene goes out and plays her guitar, you know, the Kundalini is modulating where she puts her fingers, how hard she strums the guitar, you know. You know, the, this is also another aspect of Kundalini. It comes straight through the music. You don't even have to be singing. Okay, so these, these are qualities of grace. You know, she is multifaceted. And, and how to come across from a person that has it uh, into the populations. Because I tell you what, these populations need this encouragement right now. So I encourage Brett to get out there and do what he's doing. I encourage Julia to get out there and, and to show her paintings. I've even, you know, I've even told her to buy an easel and go out in a park and do paintings. You know what she has resisted? <laughs> But she's been busy publishing the books, which I think is another aspect of, of allowing grace to reach out. And so, you know, there's 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 many different ways to do the same thing. Now, with the population right now, you know, we're I've been feeling this for a while. We're coming to a fork in the road with the population. On the one side, we have a fork going towards mechanizing the human being using artificial intelligence to 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 find ways to insert the human mind into a mechanized body uh, using virtual reality as a new way of living the life instead of you know dealing with reality or interacting with with actual reality we're going into these false realities that serve to uh, give us certain standards of fulfillment that perhaps we're not reaching in our normal uh, physical reality. And on the other side of it, we have the people that are choosing to push that, that artificial reality away and to embrace the natural reality in a, in a in a deeper and more profound way, such as with Kudalini. And uh, what they've been finding, uh, the people that have been testing with this, what they've been finding is that where you put your attention is what creates your reality. So for instance, if, uh, if you wanna go around thinking that you're immune to all diseases, 
then that's what you put into your intention. And that becomes your reality. But you have to go deep with it. So for instance, um, I'm having uh, Magdalene is coming out here to visit. Uh, and, and Christina from Australia is coming out to visit. And these are the areas we're going to go deep with. And go very deep. We're going to have lunch with Brett. So I'm putting that intention in there right now. It's just like, okay, we're going to have lunch with Brett. At that little Italian restaurant on the main street of Sausalito. You know which one it has the flag of. You know, we're going to have lunch there. But even, you know, that's just a small thing. And you can make that intention happen really easy. You know, they arrive. Y'all pile in the car and you go to the, to the restaurant. But with the same thing with the immunity to all diseases, they're going to be putting a lot of different diseases out there because they want you dependent upon technology to get through these diseases. They want you taking those vaccines, regardless of what they put in them, because they're not telling you what they're putting in them. They, they, they just want you to take it based upon the qualities of fear that they pump into you through the media, okay? So you can change that reality by putting more confidence in the intention that you're setting. And for us here in the Kundalini that we're experiencing, put more trust in your Kundalini than you put in high technology. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying take, take the fork in the road that, that allows you to begin to embrace your true nature rather than an artificial nature that, that's uh, produced by the media or by uh, forces that, that some people call the elites in this world, what have you go in order to become dependent upon the reality that their intention is setting for you. The deal is, is the populations are in charge, really. The elites uh, make up less than 1% of the population, okay? And, and yet they, they hold like 90% of the, of the finances, of the money. And so they know that if you rise up, their history, they know this. And so they're doing everything they can do. And, and COVID was a great example of the media blitz to get vaccinated. It's a great example of the, the lengths that they're willing to go to in order to manipulate the population. And I don't, I don't suggest you fall for this. Anybody that's listening to this as a podcast or, or the people that are here right now, let your kundalini and your own intent determine your reality. The kundalini will guide you in your intention. Okay. So for instance, you know, we, uh, I'll use Julia again. You know, Julia as an example. The kundalini kind of took her focus away from painting. Took her focus away from the painting and reoriented her focus toward publishing uh, the material about the Kundalini. And she's, she's published three books now, three. 
You know, here's one of them right here. No, here it is. Okay. Not only did she publish it, but she also made the the design on the cover, the book cover, on the back. And so, uh, this is available on Amazon as we speak. So you can understand how the Kundalini can begin to guide you in where she wants you to place your intent, your intention. And then once you find that guidance solidifying within you, like Gary Morris. Gary Morris wrote on the, on the group, you know, last week uh, when the, the subject of hunting for service came up, well, he placed that in his intention. And she gave him, I believe, Gary, she gave you multiple opportunities for that, right? Kundalini will respond. Magdalene, when she was in her car with her father, her father was kind of being an asshole to everyone. And all of a sudden, Magdalene realized that the, the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi was there to help her with that exact situation. And she formed her intention around the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi and everything began to turn around. Her father's mood changed. Uh, his, you know, he became agreeable, he became nice. And that was, she didn't do anything except changed her intention and the attention she placed upon her intention. Is that confusing? Did I just, is that clear as mud? <laughs> so this stuff works, my friends. Where you place your attention, Kundalini will follow. It, it's almost that, it's that Arabic uh, phrase. Abracadabra. I create as I speak, I create as I speak. That's what it means. I create as I speak. And this is what you're doing when you set the intention inside the words that you speak and you allow the Kundalini to infuse everything that you do around it. You know, Gary was standing at a gas pump and, you know, he could hear somebody having a, you know, a problem with their payment. And boom, there was the opportunity for him to step in and change that whole situation, not only for the people involved directly, but also for himself and his Kundalini as a way of verifying and validating what it is we're talking about today. Okay, he put his attention into this. He created an, uh, an opening to help other people. Dr. Anthony's done the same thing. You know, it's just on a different scale. You know, he buys a city block and he buys a building on it. And he's re re uh, rehabilitating the building and the area there in order to help uh, uh, homeless uh, and, and, and vets that are in medical need. He's creating a healing center. He put his intention out there and the Kundalini expanded on it. Or it possibly gave him the idea in the first place. What do you think, 
Anthony, which which way was that? Oh, this is this has been something I've been thinking of for years. So I'm and sure long, Kundalini. I'm sure how Kundalini. Long you, had Kundalini? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I think about it, I think that I probably have had Kundalini since I was a baby. Yeah. It just took me a while to wake up. That's kind of everyone. You know, we, everyone that has it, I mean, I think we, we've always had it, but we had to go through certain levels of karma before we could recognize it. You had to go through everything you had to go through, Anthony. Your yeah. church, you know, the unification, your parents, the, all the things they put you through in connection to that, that all had to occur. Yeah, it's been a wild ride. <laughs> so what i'm saying is that this will come through for you and i am suggesting that you choose that fork in the road that supports your kundalini does not necessarily support you going into virtual reality and trying to live your life through a virtual reality and by virtual reality i don't mean you're putting on the the goggles and the headphones, waving your arms around. I'm suggesting that the virtual reality is the reality that the media has been promoting lately. The scare tactics that the media has been promoting. The, uh, the lack of your personal control over your health that the media promotes. And because let's, let's figure out who owns the media. Oh, could it be the same people that own the pharmaceutical companies? What do you think? Okay. So, you know, just like in, uh, you know, other circumstances uh, of, of social unrest, you just follow the money and see where that leads. I'm saying follow the grace instead of the money. Follow the grace and let the grace lead you into the life of a reality that is best for you. And you know the Kundalini knows you better than you know yourself. Uh, part of the process of Kundalini is coming out from under the uh, almost hypnotic control of the society that you live in. You know, here in the States, we're, you know, we've been given this uh, uh, programming uh, for as long as I've been alive that, you know, we're the best country, we're the superpower, we've got atomic weapons, uh, you know, we're a nuclear threat. You notice I didn't say nuclear, I said actually nuclear. Oh my God. People can't pronounce that word. So, <laughs> so we're a nuclear threat, and therefore it's us or Russia or us or China, but now it's changed because now it's us, Russia, China, uh, Pakistan, India. Everybody's got nuclear weapons now. Okay, So they're trying to reframe the reality that they've been feeding us for the past 50 years. Okay. What I'm saying is let your kundalini 
frame your reality. And do it, do things like what Brett is doing and Julia, you know, and other folks who are, who are out there doing this work. Let your Kundalini come alive in ways that are not frightening to other people. You don't have to say, yeah, I'm, ex I'm in ecstatic bliss and my life's been changed and oh my God, I had a dark night of the soul. You don't have to go through all the drama. You know, you don't have to the trauma drama, right? You know, it's the, the, the theater of the ego. We're not doing that. What we're doing is we're, we're allowing ourselves to express in a public way and letting the Kundalini ride that expression into the hearts and minds of those around us. Okay. That's the big deal. This is what I've been doing with the seminars. This is what I've been doing with these, with the videos. This is, you know, and much of the time people will say, oh, thank you, Master Christian, for doing this. And I'm just saying, all gratitude to Grace. And I mean that. All gratitude to Grace, because she's the one that's going to open people's eyes or ears to the information that's being given. You know, you got to give credit where credit is due. And it, it's not with the personality that's called Chrism. It's with the Kundalini that has infused itself into that personality. Okay. It's the Kundalini that does this. It's not me as a, as a personality. So today's, today's subject, I want you to take to heart. I want you to take it home with you when we're done. We'll wait for the plane to go over. <laughs> today's subject is to express yourself within your grace, within Kundalini, the Kundalini activation that you're experiencing. Express yourself in a public way with the Kundalini. Now, I'm not saying, you know, run naked, through the, through the streets or anything like that. What I am suggesting is that you just kind of like say to the Kundalini, my Kundalini, tell me what you would like me to do to help others. That's all you got to do. And it may be as simple as what, you know, Gary did at the gas pump or what Magdalene did with her father. You know, same thing. You know, maybe something like what Brett does. You know, using a safe word that are not threatening and, you know, performing for them. You know, he, you know, he, he's out in the public, you know, and, and, you know, there's a lot of tourists that go through Sausalito, California. And so he's exposing people and has been doing this for years. As long as I've been teaching, Brett has been doing this. That's a long time. Okay, and he's reached a lot of people and he continues to do that. And I'm, I'm going to suggest you guys do that, too. Now we have Alexander. You know, he works at a gas station in, in uh, Germany or a petrol station. I, I don't know how they phrase it there. And he meets people every day. So if he decides to put Kundalini into his mannerisms, his speech, uh, his behavior to the people. He is also reaching out the same way Brett is to the people that come in to get the, the petrol. 
and he's helped homeless people that way. Uh, you know, he is changing, literally changing the lives of people that he meets every day by virtue of his job. Ask yourself what you can do to do this. Holly, she goes out and she meditates on the earth. And, you know, her kundalini experiences are fairly, you know, pyrotechnic in nature. And, you know, she, you know, she's seeing a lot of energy, but she's healing the world. She's healing the earth and the earth is responding. So consider this, my friend, consider this. Consider how you can do this. Sophia, you know, she's working in her job as well as the, you know, at, at a health ministry. You know, creating uh, programs and and following the flow of how those programs work, and you know, how they're to be applied, you know, things of that nature. <laughs> I don't I cannot tell you anything really about, you know, what is happening, you know, within that matrix that Sophia is involved with. But she's doing it and she's, you know, it's part of a service, it's part of the Kundalini being allowed through through Sophia to reach into the populations and also reach into the to the administration of that specific ministry. You know, you don't realize, you know, when you're doing your everyday job, like, you know, Magali goes out and she she's teaching. Uh, English to people. She doesn't realize as much. I've told her over and over and over again, but I don't know how much of it sinks in. That every, th every time she stands up in front of a group of people, her kundalini is radiating all over them the same way that it was radiating into her father in the car that allowed him to calm down and to start being a, a nice person once again. Same thing's happening. So I want you to consider this. How you are is how you interact. And how you interact is based upon the attention that you put upon your intention. So how much focus are you putting on your intentions throughout your day? How much kundalini focus? You know, a great way to have the focus within the kundalini is to to follow that prayer of St. Francis of Assisi is to, to memorize that prayer. And I think Jenny said there's a song that uses those words. Uh, it didn't start out as a song, though. It's, it started out as a prayer in the 10th century that St. That Francis wrote. Uh, but there is a song. I think I, I fairly remember. Jenny, can you sing it? <laughs> That's okay. No worries. Okay. Oh, I won't oh. sing it, but it's called Make Me a Channel of Your Peace. And it's about this, it's basically the same as the prayer. Why won't you sing it? Um, because I'm not a singer right now. <laughs> and I don't right actually now? know it word for word either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you. You're welcome. 
so there, you know, you can probably look that up. Make me a something for your grace, whatever that was. Uh, make me a channel for you. I don't know. I hate to say, you know, make me a channel to anything with regarding Kundalini because, you know, the next thing you know, there's an entity going, oh, I'll channel for you. <laughs> Hi, Jordan. So, yeah, yeah. Ask your Kundalini to help you set an intention. Let this be your homework. Okay. And I want to compliment Gary for doing his homework. <laughs> That's exactly blessings to you and i you know i want to have the opportunity next sunday to compliment all of you for doing your homework so your homework is this ask your kundalini to help you set an intention that she wants you to follow through with let it be something different than you normally do okay we we are beings we can multitask we can multitask, each and every one of us. And, and uh, ask your kundalini uh, during a meditation or, you know, meditation comes in many different forms. You know, just driving a car can be a meditation. You don't have to sit in full lotus with your fingers locked and your chin locked and your eyes locked in order to, to go into meditation. That's one way, and it's a good way, but it's not necessarily the only way. You can just sit in your chair and like Jordan's doing right now and ask the Kundalini to help him form an, an intention that she wants him to accomplish and see what happens. See what happens. Look, look at Gary's example, you know, Gary. And, and, and let me, I'm, I'm not going to, this is not going to be without you having to put some energy into this, okay? You know, last week it was, you know, hunt for, for service to be given. Well, Gary had to really hunt. What does hunting mean? It doesn't mean that you sit at home and watch TV and go, gosh, I wonder where I could be of service for somebody. You know, it's like as you're watching the football game. No, it means you have to, through your daily living, you have to actually open up and be aware of how to fulfill the intention that you and your kundalini are creating. Okay? That's the homework. Team up with your kundalini, not that you have a choice, but do it consciously. Team up with your kundalini help have her help you find the intention she wants you to make and then bring that intention into creation and you'll be getting a pop quiz you know after you do that just be aware your grade this is this is this is 30 percent of your grade <laughs> i'm kidding hey, hey master crystal hey you're, you're right though because i I took your advice, your wisdom, and I said, I asked Kundalini, okay, let's let's go hunting for service. And you're right, you have to be aware. You she will give you many, many opportunities. But if you're not aware that it's being presented to you, 
then it could it could pass you by. Yeah. And so because of the intention, like you said, I, I asked, I made the intention, my Kundalini made that happen for me, but I was also made aware to become aware of like, okay, here's an opportunity that she's been, you know, given to me. And so without the intention, just like you said, I, like normally I would just, you know, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not even paying attention. I'm too busy, like wondering what's going on inside of me or what am I thinking about and this or that. So it's very powerful. And another, real quickly, um, radiating your Kundalini, there was a gentleman that I was golfing with on my golf league and he was very, very angry. I mean, he was very almost militant. And I felt like that the energy was directed towards me. Um, but I decided at the very beginning of the round that I would, I would just, I asked Kundalini to radiate and by whole like six or seven, this guy's like smiling and singing and dancing and, and I'm not, wow. all, you know, all to the grace of Kundalini. I'm not saying that it was even me, but I, I let it happen. I just didn't, didn't take it personal. And I just kind of, and so that the intention. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, this is, this, it reminds me of Magdalene's experience with her father. So here's the thing. The two components are very important. These two components. Uh, Consciously communicating with your kundalini that you want to have a certain intention. Finding the, you know, and as you team up consciously with your kundalini, you, you form that intention. And then the other thing to, to really pay attention to is having your awareness activated for that intention. You can set as many intentions as you want, but if you're not aware of them in the, your daily living, if you're not reminding yourself of, of the necessity for your awareness, you know, there's a good possibility that intention won't come to any kind of fruition. Okay, it's, it's very important for people to realize that. Like, you know, I'm, right now I'm setting an intention with my Kundalini that the car that Jordan is, is in is going to arrive to his destination safely. At the same time, I'm setting an intention for Andani's spaghetti, or whatever that is, to, to work well for him. <laughs> All right, so we can do multiple intentions. <laughs> All right. Uh, anybody else have something they want to say along this line? Yes, uh, Holly, go ahead. I don't. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> go ahead. You let your Kundalini do the talking. What does she bring up for you right now in this moment that she wants you to say? I'm just blank. <laughs> we'll just call that, we'll call that the uh, stillness. <laughs> so I want you to go into stillness, Holly, and I want you to allow her to speak directly through you to us. I'll come back to you. Um, and I'll go to Sophia. Sophia, what does your Kundalini have to say about this subject? 
Well, I don't have much to contribute. Maybe the only thing is that I left the house for the first time in a week. And um, that's not very unusual for me. And I was so surprised that almost everybody who passed by explicitly and friendly smiled at me, which was so weird because first I thought something's wrong with my clothes or what's, what's wrong with the people? Why are they smiling at me like this? But it was, it was just genuinely friendly. And um, yeah. yeah, I think that's, that's something. Well um, done, well done for stepping out of the house. Well done. Yeah. Because I know that you're not going to the office to work, right? You're working from home. From now on, I have to go once a week, but that's okay. So from mm -hmm. next week on or so. Well, well done, well done. And, and this is true, this is true. And, and thank you, Sophia. Uh, people will unconsciously notice. It, it, it's like your your energetic precedes you. The energy radiance from grace precedes you, and it, it as it covers those people, they respond to it, and 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 even unintentionally, they will smile at you or they will acknowledge that reception of that energy in some way. And go ahead, Holly. Um, for me, it's less about the people and more lately it's been about nature and the signs that she's giving from nature, like with the hummingbirds and the deer. And also there's been an increase with the doing the work with earth. It's, it's like it's ramped up. It's more, feels more real. Like when I, you know, go and run the trail and do the healing with the trees, I mean, I can I don't know, it's just real, like the reaching down in the earth and sending it up through the trees and just seeing it just light up the trees and shoot out the top. Awesome. Awesome. And, to, and tell them the story of the hunting, hummingbird. Oh, which one? The, this morning or great? The one, that the one that your kundalini wants you to speak of. Oh, um, well, there's one that keeps coming, like coming back. And then I, Grace and I were out in the backyard and it just like hovered right in front of us. And it was, it was like almost unbelievable. But uh, when I looked at him, he was crying and he said it was just so beautiful that he couldn't help but shed tears about it. He was like mesmerized. And I, I don't, it just, I know it seems silly to say like, oh, I saw a hummingbird. It's not a big deal, but it's like the feeling in it. You can feel that it's it's from kundalini and even he could feel that he was he was like moved to tears awesome wonderful wonderful thank you thank you for relating that and i've had the hummingbirds do that the hummingbirds will respond to kundalini definitely definitely and some kundalini people they'll land right on them right right in their hand you know i mean it's a very profound experience to have uh and and go ahead uh julia uh, speak speak on this subject let your kundalini speak on this subject maybe uh can i have a question yeah go ahead like my question is that um how how usually kundalini people do receive 
uh, Kundalini energy because my experience uh, is through the service work that I'm doing uh, through publishing these books and, and things like that. And that always feels me, makes me receive a lot of energy, uh, which is most of the time it's very intense. It's very hot and uh, takes some time to adjust and work through. And I would like to know how does that works for others, maybe, or I don't know. For those of you that have daily contact with me, you, Julia, you have daily contact, Magdalene at daily contact, Holly at daily contact, uh, Sophia, you know, has a little less than daily contact. Uh, you know, that makes a difference. That makes a difference. Alexander has less than daily contact. Uh, when you have that kind of contact, uh, even if it's not daily, it, the energy doesn't go away and it will amplify uh, certain things that you're doing and certain things that she wants you to receive. And that energy can be very, very hot. It can also be very, very cold, icy cold, okay? From a tactility uh, perspective, you know, it can be that way. Uh, uh, for Holly, it can be very, very, very visual. She'll see and experience a lot of visual types of, of phenomena. So it affects people in different ways. It, it, it's not always going to be the same, but we do have some shared uh, uh, symptoms and roving uh, temperatures is one of them. Uh, uh, roving temperatures where sacred male will express or sacred feminine will express or they'll express in tandem uh, in different ways uh, is, is, a, is, is often a kundalini symptom. And the extreme heat is a good thing. It's a good thing. And you want to let that occur. Doesn't mean you don't cool yourself down by having watermelon or cucumber. Uh, either the juice or the, or the actual fruit of either one. But it, it does mean that you can recognize what is occurring and be okay with it. It is no longer something that is a mystery. Okay. Uh, for some people, Julia, like you, you get really hot, you'll get flushed. Uh, you may be more prone to bliss. Now, I've seen you. You are definitely a... Uh, a bliss person. She, she comes to you and she gives you the bliss. She gives you the bliss in very similar ways that I get the bliss. Okay. And it's very important to realize that, to understand that, and to accept that fact. Uh, let's see, we have some chats here, and I'm going to go over here and read them. Um, Barbara says, I've had conscious contact with the dragonfly. Oh, that's nice. And the dragonflies will land on you. They don't bite either, by the way. They look kind of intimidating, but especially the larger ones. But they won't bite you. Uh, and Donnie says, I notice devotion and love is the main trigger. I believe what Julia does is what Indians call karma yoga, the yoga of action. I'm not, no, I'm, I won't agree with that. Uh, she's far further into grace than anybody doing karma yoga. Uh, unless that's what they're calling their grace, karma yoga. 
uh, you know, in, in a sense, you know, everybody doing anything from a Kundalini uh, compulsion, you know, could be said to be doing karma yoga, but I don't think so. I think karma yoga deals with karma. You know, it's not necessarily dealing with the service that Kundalini, you know, brings up in an individual. Elizabeth says to everyone, I feel the energy and will feel joy in certain chakras. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, bliss will typically come from the fourth chakra, though. Even as it rises up the spinal column. So, for instance, when you're feeling the bliss, your face can get really engorged with energy. It, it, it almost feels like your head's going to explode sometimes. Um, it doesn't hurt, but it's just, you know, there's a bliss can cause a real pressure uh, from within the body to expand outwards. It's a real thing. It's a real energy. And uh, I, 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 will, I will suggest you understand that it's not anything that, that is invisible. <laughs> it's, it's a definite tactile thing. Definite tactile thing. And part of, of what Julia experiences, um, I'm looking at others here, is the bliss that is through service. You know, and, and you know, that includes instant rashes. Uh, that includes, you know, roving temperatures. That includes, you know, a lot of different things that people who are not in this, such a severe practice as she is and Magdalene is and, 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 and Holly is and, and Sophia, even Alexander, uh, you know, these people have strong practices that they should be doing daily. Now, they may not make it daily every day. Uh, I know that, for instance, I have to give Magali time off from doing practices. There's a such thing as too much. And her kundalini lets her know by creating itchiness all over her body if she's got too much energy. And if there are those of you that are also uh, practicing, you know, in an everyday fashion, uh, that itch will come. And once you feel, start feeling the itch, and it's over the whole body, not just one section of it. That's when you pull back. Give yourself a break from the five Tibetans. Give yourself a break from pranayama, you know, alternate nostril breathing. And just, you can just work on your, your emotional intentions at that time. You can work on tolerance, forgiveness, gratitude, um, self-discipline, self-correction. You can do those things. Uh, but the physical generative aspect uh, you want to pull back from. You want to pull back from for for about a day. What's it been for you, Magdalene? About a day. Well, uh, yes, it's been about a day. Uh, at one, I think it lasted for two weeks or so that I couldn't do. I could hardly do any practices, uh, but I was. Uh, exceptional and otherwise yeah you you typically I mean I still try and do maybe like I, I still do the swimming or 
um, but yeah, typically it's just the day, yeah. Or or I back off, like I, I I start doing it and then if I feel the itchiness, then back off and I try maybe later or it depends. It also comes through as a headache too, doesn't it? You start getting a headache? Yeah. Either the headache or the itchiness and sometimes it's both. Understood, understood. And so for those of you that are doing a very, very strong practice, I want you to understand that. Now, Jolanta... You know, Jolanta is doing a lot of physical work, you know, running up those flights of stairs and, you know, spider-manning from one skyscraper to the next, you know. So it can be, it can be a very, very, you know, strong thing for her. But she's got a routine that I feel is really good for her. And so far, uh, Jolanta, you haven't had the itchiness or the headaches yet, have you? You must be outside. Yes, I am outside. I, no, I only have a lot of those fevers. When I meditate and I get that fever, that the hot flush, then I feel the bliss. But when I am doing something, uh, I'm a little irritated with it by saying that mantra. Uh, I give myself to Kundalini, but it is overwhelming me that heat. But it's it's normal. I know I have to accept it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you give yourself to, to Kundalini, uh, yeah. but the gift of yourself to Kundalini doesn't necessarily have to be a practice, so to speak, unless she compels you. If she compels you to to to, to go and, and do certain things, well, that's a different story. And she often won't give you or, or allow you to have any kind of physical upset when she's compelling you to do something. Sometimes it does occur uh, due to the infusionary effect on the physical system. So, uh, Jolanta, when you're moving into a higher expression, the body is not used to that higher expression, and, and it and it's you know it it can it can form some painful areas. And, and as as you're doing, as I feel that you're doing right now, you're giving yourself to grace, and you're just kind of dealing with it as best you can, right? So you keep that tongue up behind your upper front teeth. You keep your fingers locked when you can. When you're not outside and walking around, you maybe uh, go into position, keep your eyes up. And have watermelon, have cucumber, have coconut milk. And, uh, and really, you know, open yourself to what she wants your body to have. And I compliment you. Jolanta, I compliment you for that work that you're doing intuitively too. It's not like I told her to do that. She's just doing it. And that happens a lot of the time with Kundalini. You know, you won't have your teacher there with you 24-7. None of my students have me there 24-7 except, uh, I have to take that back because once a certain thing is done, then it's done and then the Kundalini uses me 24 seven for some people. So there you have it. Um, there's very little, there, actually there is nothing that is impossible for the Kundalini to do. It can do virtually anything. Divinity does not have uh, parameters of activity, but your body does. 
your body does. And the further you go into grace, the more time you have to give to your body to make those adjustments that higher frequencies will create within the physical system. So, you know, for, for a long time, I, you know, I wasn't uh, paying attention too much to that. And so what does Kundalini do? Kundalini forces me to pay attention to that by giving me a myocardial infarction. Okay, she forces me to, to go into areas of, of self-viewing, you might say, and to look at my health and to look at what I'm doing to, to help it or to hurt it. And to force me to make certain adjustments with that. Uh, you know, Jolanto is very helpful with me because she has the same or similar situation, right? You know, and what's your EF these days? I believe that it's 60 now. Wow, she's way ahead of me. My, my, my ejection uh, is only uh, 53 as of late, but I'm coming back because it was 35 when Kundalini allowed me to have the MI, okay, the myocardial infarction. And so she will force your attention. <laughs> she will force your attention on your health. If you're not following it, and I wasn't following it, you know, I'll admit it. Um, I was far more concerned with other people than I was with myself. So there's that. Uh, so make sure you pay attention to what is going on for you and don't try to heal everybody in your life uh, without paying attention to yourself as well. That's a clear lesson, ladies and gentlemen. That's a clear lesson. Look in the mirror and take care of that person looking back at you. Definitely. Okay, now I've had some questions from people. What does it take to become a private student? Well, it just takes the intention. So once again, you know, if, if a person wants to be a private student, set the intention with your kundalini. And then have the awareness to follow through on the compellings, the compulsion she gives you. And then be prepared, <laughs> be prepared to follow through on that. It's not always the easiest thing to do. Matter of fact, learning from a human being as opposed to just letting the Kundalini, you know, guide you. Learning from another human being and surrendering to that human being and, you know, following the instructions from that human being, that is not the easiest thing. Matter of fact, she has people do that, that she wants to push hard and fast into this equation. And so the more difficult it is to the egotism of an individual, the stronger it is for the Kundalini coming into that individual. So the more you're able to be uh, surrendered, Inside and outside, uh, the better things go for a person within Kundalini. This is a real thing. This is why she has, she, she, you know, there's, there are even private students at all. 
Okay. You know, I, I heard a long time ago, it's like, oh, God, don't have Kundalini without a teacher. You've got to have a teacher. The best thing to do is to have a teacher. If you're not having a teacher, then don't even explore the Kundalini. Don't do anything. Well, what happens to the people where the Kundalini comes up in them? Like Brett, like Magdalene. Like Julia, like Sophia, like Holly, like Alexander, like Jolanta, you know, David, Vincent, Jordan, all of you, really. It's the Kundalini first and the private teaching second, pretty much. <laughs> so the thing is, is, is she will guide you to a flesh teacher. She will guide you there. And she knows how difficult it will be for your ego to give them give itself into the control of another person a person who puts their pants on one leg at a time if he's wearing pants uh, <laughs> you know maybe it's a female teacher and so she, she's wearing a dress so she puts on the dress like every other woman puts on the dress is the idea so the thing is is for you to to follow through with it if that's what your intention is, then set the intention and follow through with it. And then your, your kundalini, Gary's kundalini, Jolanta's kundalini, will guide that individual teaching relationship between the two to the frequency and response that the kundalini wants there to be between those two people. So I may not see the person every day but if they're writing to me i will see them every day it's just not the uh the one-on-one -on -one camera work that say we're having right now it's a different level it's a different level but it's constant it's a constant connection and that's what happens with with being a private student but with without being a private student, it's not like you're up a creek without a paddle. It means that, that you're learning directly from your Kundalini, which is how I learned, which is why it took so long. <laughs> you know, some of us have more learning disabilities than others, and I certainly had quite a few. So, so uh, you're never left without guidance, now, without guidance, but it will feel that way sometimes. It will feel that way sometimes. And I want you to know right here, right now, that you're never, ever left alone by the Kundalini. Yes, your symptoms may disappear. Brett may all of a sudden find himself painting ecstatically and it's like, stop. It's like, oh my God, what's going on? Okay. You won't feel the bliss. You won't feel the symptoms. You won't feel anything. You'll feel kind of blank. You know, it, it's kind of like what Holly was saying. I feel blank. <laughs> Except that'll permeate your entire system. And, and this is a plateau experience. A plateau experience. It's like a very flat experience within the Kundalini. And it's a, really, it's a time for processing your expectations, processing what you expect to have, processing how you, you are not having 
what she allowed you to have before. And oh my God, why is that occurring? What did I do to, to make Shakti angry at me that she's not giving me the phenomena that I'm used to having? And you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. Nothing's wrong. It's just a time for processing. And sometimes in order to process what you've already received, you have to stop receiving and process what you have. That's a big deal because people become addicted to the phenomena. Literally, they become addicted to the phenomena. Uh, and, you know, that addiction is strong. It's like, oh, my gosh, you know. Right now, you know, Julia's got the heat. She's got, the, you know, other different levels of phenomena. She's doing all the practice. She's doing all these things. You know, then what happens if the spigot is all of a sudden turned off? There's no more tap water in the house. Can't flush the toilet. Can't take a shower. Can't uh, fill, fill your coffee pot or teapot with water. All of a sudden, there's no water to be had at all. Okay. Then you have to, to rely on water that you've already saved. Okay. And nature shows us this. Nature teaches us this. Every winter, you know, when you see the squirrels go into hibernation or the bears or the beavers or any of the creatures that hibernate, well, they've collected all that food for the winter, for the time when there's less activity. And this is what she's doing sometimes with your phenomena. She's just hibernating it for a little bit while you process your experience. She never leaves you, never, never. And she can, she can, uh, Often people will lose their phenomena for years and years and years and years. And they will think, oh, my God, well, yeah, I had Kundalini, but it left. <laughs> you don't want to think of your Kundalini as something that, that is transient, that is something that just goes away. Just because the phenomena is going away doesn't mean the Kundalini has gone away. Look at all the, the people that don't have the kundalini activated or awakened. They're not having any kundalini phenomena at all. And yet they still have the kundalini dormant within them. Okay? So kundalini never leaves you. But its, uh, it, it's activity upon your body may change. But if you're doing a practice like Holly's doing, like Julia's doing, like Magdalene is doing, like Sophia's doing, like I think Alexander is doing, I'm not so sure all the time though, like Gary is doing, like Jolanta's doing, <laughs> Sophia. Uh, uh, probably David as well. I think David may be doing this as well. Uh, if you're doing these types of practices, she typically won't leave you because there's so many things to get done that those practices solve within you. But she'll give you a plateau, a, a short-term plateau. 
uh, where you're, you're walking in the desert of activity. So the desert meaning there's nothing there. You're just walking, you know, through the sand. There's no water. There's no vegetation. There's no animals. There's no nothing, just sand and air. But you can see, maybe, maybe she's allowing you to see far off in the distance, snow-capped mountains. And you're just walking towards that snow. She doesn't always get, let you see the, the next horizon, though. You have to walk a while in the plateau before you're allowed to see the, the snow-capped mountains in the distance. Okay. It's like walking across West Texas. You know, <laughs> It's endless, endless prairie. <laughs> And a hot prairie at that, too. Uh, isn't that right, Anthony? A hot prairie. You just nod. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You definitely want a horse. <laughs> Thank you, Anthony. Yeah, so never be discouraged if you're not feeling the symptoms that you used to feel. Like I know, you know, Dr. Anthony, I'll go back to Dr. Anthony again, you know. For years and years and years, the Kundalini would scratch him, you know, claw marks on his body, you know, and it's not, it's painful, okay? And, you know, for years, well, what the heck is that? What's going (laughs) on with that? And so now it still may continue every now and again, but it maybe isn't happening as much. And do you think he's missing that? No, maybe not. No, I, I, I'm not missing that. <laughs> so, nope. So, you know, there are some aspects of the plateau that are a good thing, right, Anthony? Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, I wanted that to be, to be made clear to everybody. It's like, and it doesn't matter whether you have a private teacher or not. Uh, sometimes, like say with Magdalene, you know, uh, the practice can be so strong and so involved that she'll be forced to take a break. Like she said, for two weeks when the when the headaches and the itchiness came, you know, she had to stop. She had to stop. And I told her to stop as well, but, you know, either way, she was stopping. And that allowed her body to process what needed to be processed. Look, uh, physical systems are dense in their material. Uh, Look at it this way. How many of you have seen an FM frequency? How many of you have seen a shortwave frequency? How many of you have seen, well, I'll make it easy. How many of you have seen a television frequency? Flying through the air. How many of you have seen that? How many of you have seen any kind of a real frequency? 
an electronic frequency, a radio signal. How many of you have seen that? The actual frequency flying through the air. None of you have. Because our eyes are not sensitized to be able to see those types of frequencies. Although I have to tell you, the Kundalini can train your eyes so that you can see frequency. Okay, it, it just takes more than two eyes. You have to bring another one into expression. But the deal is, you don't see them because they're so not dense. They're not dense physical expressions. They're of a higher form. Frequencies are higher forms, okay? Not higher in wisdom or intellect or egotism or any of those types of things. They're just higher forms of material manifestation. And our eyes, our two eyes, are not conditioned to be able to see them, okay? So with the physical body, the density of the physical body being raised into higher frequencies, that takes time and that takes transformation. And this is what the Kundalini does. And you'll reach a certain level of Kundalini where you will be able to see frequencies. By the way, you can see some frequencies. When Brett paints a blue, you'll see the frequency of blue. When Julia paints a green painting, Julia, show them your green painting. And turn some lights on so they can see it, please. There we go. You're about ready to, to see a frequency. There you are. There's a green frequency right there. Boom. Thank you, Julia. Thank you. You just saw frequency. Okay. Everything actually is made up of different frequencies. Everything. The trees are of one frequency. Uh, my, my beard is of a certain frequency. My shirt, this, this dark red, is of a certain frequency. Everything's made up of frequency. It's just we're, we're able to perceive some better than others. Okay. With the Kundalini, your frequency uh, interaction is expanded, severely expanded. But for that expansion to take place, the body has to be changed. And it doesn't just necessarily include your eyes, okay? It's the entire chakra system that needs to be changed. And every cell has a spine that has uh, seven major chakras on it. Every cell in your body has a mini you that is represented uh, energetically, uh, like the energetic anatomy of the individual is replicated in every cell of the body. So you have about, average person has about 26 trillion cells. So there's 26 trillion you being replicated in your body and used by the Kundalini. These 
cells represent another person. Each cell, each, yeah, each cell of the body can become another body with 26 trillion cells. And then one of the cells of that 26 trillion can become another 26 trillion cells. So the potential goes into infinity. Okay. And that's the level of power that your kundalini has within you. Serious power, folks. One cell, science has proven that one cell has the electrical voltage of a single volt. So your 26 trillion cells is, are basically 26 trillion volts of electricity. Terawatts. I think. <laughs> My friend Charles could tell me if I'm right with the terawatt. But we have a lot of energy. A lot of energy. And that energy is used for transformation. To bring our bodies up to a point where we can see, feel, and interact with different frequencies. Some frequencies carry intellect self-awareness some frequencies carry that this is where entities come from okay they carry a certain level of frequency and sometimes you have frequencies within frequencies so with an entity you'll have a frequency of itself being an actual thing and then you'll have the frequency of its intention which is typically of a corruption. How do I corrupt this person? Or how do I test Magdalene, say, you know, to use an example, how do I test Magdalene to do the right thing at the right time, in the right way, in the right place? How do I test her to do that? How do I test her to self-correct when she, when she finds she's doing the wrong thing? Okay. Self-correction. It's important for people to realize this is a very, very complex and yet very simple equation that Kundalini brings into us. Our transformation is no easy thing. And you will suffer with it sometimes. And let's just not even talk about the karmic suffering that occurs. Because, oh, hello, before the egg can hatch, it has to go through its karma drama. That's why so much karma is experienced by the person as a child, because they have no choice in it. And then as, as the child matures into an adult, uh, more trauma from karma can occur. And sometimes it's the karma that will activate the individual. The redemption process is not an easy process all the time. Most of the time, it's not easy. Okay, so you have all of these frequencies of, of interaction coming from your kundalini and your environment and your past time environment, which past, you know, past, present, future, that's only a, a measurement that sleeping people use as a way to measure the passage of time. If you go outside 
of Mr. Crow. If you go outside of, of that, you'll find that time isn't really a river. It's more like an ocean. And you can dive into the ocean anywhere on this world, and it's still the ocean. I don't care if you call it the Indian Ocean, or the Pacific Ocean, or the Atlantic Ocean, or the Arctic Ocean. It's still just the ocean. The ocean doesn't rename itself based upon geography. People do that. Okay. Time is the ocean. And you can enter it at any specific point. There's a, there's a device that was discovered in, I think, Iran. It's called the looking glass. It was discovered and it was given uh, to the military. And this device allows a person to view historical events of a of major or minor uh, level. And of course the military is using it to, to go into the future so that they can cover all the different bases of an attack, uh, how to defend against this or that or this or that. And they're using it in that way. Um, but there are other uses for it as well. And, you know, it's able to go into an interdimensional quality and view specific activities of an individual or a country or a world. Uh, and they're using this. They're not telling you about this. They don't, they, the powers that be do not want you to know that this exists. You know, and it's the same thing with the CERN. The CERN, uh, what do they call that? C-E-R-N uh, loop. <laughs> Up there in Switzerland, Magdalene drove me past it. We were we were right close to it when she took me to Switzerland. Uh, you know they're using that ostensibly as one thing, when in fact it's another thing. When they shove those those electrons and atoms in a in a certain way through that loop, they create a, a an interdimensional portal, an opening, and they've been pulling things out of that portal in order to stimulate the populations to move away from self-knowledge into the knowledge that they want people to believe in okay they've also been bringing entities through that as well yeah lucerne lucerne whatever it's called cern uh so there's lots of things that are happening on this world right now that that defy what we're being allowed to believe. Ah, somebody's got their microphone on. Who is that? Ah, Anthony. Thank you. I was okay, going to yeah. say, I think it's called the Hadron Collider. That's it. That's it. Hadron. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. That's that's absolutely right. Uh, I did an experiment once. Uh, and I've regretted it ever since, but I did it. Uh, at my first seminar, we went out to an ancient, ancient, ancient place called the Hill of Tara. And on the Hill of Tara, 
where something like 44 ancient Irish kings are buried, uh, I created a wormhole. Now I was following instructions from my grace, <laughs> but I didn't understand the ramifications of, of what she was trying to show me. And Magdalene was there. And I opened up that tomb and, you know, certain things were released. Not bad things, by the way, but certain things were released. And I never closed it up, by the way. We did not <laughs> reverse the ceremony. So that tomb is still open to this day. Uh, and maybe that's just what it needed to be. I don't know. But uh, Magdalene did not get her entities from that tomb. She got her entities from a person I allowed to come into that seminar. That I do not have regrets for. Because I think that they have molded her into this saint that she's becoming. Just like Julian, Colleen. Gary, Jolanta, and all the other people that I'm working with in this way. The deal with that is, is if you do not have constant pressure to move in a certain way, then you won't move. Or you'll move too slow. And you won't be able to apply it to your life. So, yeah. If we're not given certain pressures to do certain things, we won't do them. If we're not given certain pressures to self-correct away from negative behavior, we won't. So you will be constantly tested. Julia, I use Julia as an example a lot because she's constantly tested at work, at her day job, so to speak, you know, when she's not a publisher. She's constantly uh, uh, tested at work. In so many different ways, you know, it's a very abusive environment. So she gets abused a lot. And she's tested in her ability to stand her ground, to hold her space, to forgive, to be tolerant, to, to have gratitude, to do the kundalini work under duress. So it's not always an easy thing with kundalini coming in to transform you, to raise your frequency. Because she'll come at it, frequencies of behavior that you never even knew existed. So, for instance, you know, using Julia again, you know, you know, she'll come to me and she says, well, why do they treat me like that? What did I do to them? Right? And it has absolutely nothing to do, really, with, with, with that. It's not, it's not the, the, the kind of a thing where they're just out to get her. It's the kind of thing where her kundalini has placed her inside of an environment where she can be tested and, and uh, what's the word, uh, strained in a way. So in other words, when you're lifting weights and you're trying to build muscle on your body, you're tearing the existing mus muscle cells in order for new muscle cells to build. This is why it takes a little bit of, of time to get yourself to look, you know, really buff and cut, things like that. Well, it's the same thing with behavior. In order to become resistant to people targeting you for, for certain things, you have to be able to 
manifest your awareness of what is occurring and why. And the reason why it's occurring is these things are being eliminated from your system. Okay. And it doesn't make it fair. It's completely unfair. The whole process is not fair. It's not fair within a linear egotistical uh, argument. And it shouldn't be fair. If it was fair, then you, you're not developing the muscles that you need. Okay, it has to be unfair. <laughs> it has to be unfair. You have to say, what did I do to deserve this? And, and the answer to that is, you activated your grace. Your grace came to you. Your kundalini is awakened within you. And this is what you need to do in order to raise your, the frequency of your life and your behavior. It's incredibly important. Same things happened to Magdalene and Mr. Crow, as, as he is saying. <laughs> okay, so this is what has to happen. And, and, and it's not like uh, God is angry at you or the Kundalini is angry at you. It's just a level of frequency advancement that is occurring within you. And your response to those frequencies, like your forgiveness, your tolerance, your self-discipline, all of these qualities become enhanced as well. And this is how you're able to, to sail in the waters of what others would call negativity without being harmed. This is where Anthony's pain came from. You know, when he was being scratched and clawed, you know, it had to bother him before he would be willing to, to do anything about it. And there was nothing that he could do, you know, and, and, you know, you look at that kind of a situation, it's catch 22, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. And yet he's not damned at all. He just had to wait a certain amount of time. Okay. I went, I had to go to so many different professionals to help me with this exorcist <laughs> priests everything and nobody really could help me that's right i went to our local parish here and the priest says oh here's a brochure on the pope you need to read more about his life <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's not, it's not very helpful yeah. and you know there's really there, there would literally be nobody who could help him. And there will be nobody that can help you. You will go to the psychotherapist. You'll go to the psychiatrist. You'll go to the MD. And they will give you drugs so that your body cannot perceive as much what is happening. And sometimes that's a good thing, especially if you're being attacked by entities a lot. You know, the, the, the odd thing is I am a psychiatrist. And... <laughs> Sometimes I would be scratched right in front of my patients, and it would burn. And my my uh, uh, some of my friends would say, "Don't say anything to anybody; they'll think you're crazy." <laughs> That's right. And you didn't, did you? You did not. So you're, you know, you're, I, I, you're... I tried to keep it to myself, but a few of the nurses knew what was going on. <laughs> Oh boy, that's pretty crazy. That's crazy. I love that stuff. That's the stuff that you want to write in your book, Anthony. You want to write that around. That's really important because uh, 
how many other psychiatrists are having that happen to them? You know, they're dealing with the people that are having uh, schizophrenia, but it's often, you know, schizophrenia is just being confused for Kundalini. Yeah. You know, the frequency of interaction of the, of the patient is being raised so high that they're able to perceive the thoughts of others, but they misinterpret that as being thoughts from, you know, a, an angel or a demon or some, some other thing. And, and sometimes it could be. Anthony, I'm going to ask you to, to. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Thank you. No, it's all good. So this is very important. I'm going to I see we have some more chats here. So I'm going to go over here. When was the first time? Let's see. I feel the energy and will feel joy in certain chakras. That's from Elizabeth. And Donnie says, when was the first time you hear about Kundalini? Was it a eureka moment? Um, are you asking me and Donnie? Or just anybody? Uh, I was asking you. Me? Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I would have to say it was a eureka moment because I hadn't put a name to it. To me, that was just how life was. You know, I, I was extremely sensitive to everything. And, uh, you know, we're talking, uh, I was a very short distance away from a, an ancient, ancient Native American burial cemetery and um i would go out there on my pony sparky was his name i would go out there on sparky and uh i'd hop off the pony and i'd sit in this the soil was so strange the soil was so soft and it was like sitting on cotton you sink into it, literally, you sink up to your ankles in this soil. It was like powder. And I'd sit there when I was nine, and I would say, spirits of the universe, send me a gift. And I would get a gift. I would get a abalone bead or a, the tooth from a baby that had died. I'd get the little bead made out of that and arrowheads and, you know, things of that nature i don't know how many nine-year-olds do that but i, I know holly's nine-year-olds will do that <laughs> holly has kids that'll do that so there you go there's a there's a, a heads up for you holly uh, uh so you know i just when i when i started looking up the symptoms that i was having uh, and I and I found out it was Kundalini. Well, guy, you know, I was just like, wow, there's a name for this. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you know, then I started to. That's when I started getting into the Sanskrit stuff, right? You know, getting. You know, she started downloading everything too. You know, once I heard the word Kundalini, she started downloading all this information. Blah, 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 blah. And for years and years and years, I was just. It was just download, download 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 and uh i was a sponge for it you know i knew things that i shouldn't know and 
I started getting death threats uh, from groups of people in India for talking publicly about their most secret and sacred teachings. I'm getting a, a communication right now about that. They were very unhappy with that. And uh, it stopped. It didn't scare me that much. It stopped. Then. But I found it strange that the grace that Kundalini was giving was being given to me without me ever having been to India. You know, and they still have these patriarchal communities of men who, you know, study these ancient things. They just, they got this problem with, and, you know, this is a big problem with a lot of civilizations on this world is the denunciation of women, the denunciation of sacred femininity. Even the Catholics, you know, they, they, they revere uh, Mother Mary, but at the same time, you can't be a priest if you're a woman. Hello. <laughs> you know, and I've even, I read, I think, I, I forget which one it was. Maybe it was Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh or Osho or uh, one of those guys saying, women can't have Kundalini. Just so you know, ladies, you can't have the Kundalini because, you know, your reproductive organs are on the inside instead of the outside. So, yeah. You know, I've had a problem with that for a while. You know, how how can you exalt sacred feminine and and throw acid in the face of a girl because she doesn't fit dowry requirements? You know, what's what's going on there? There's there's a bit of a of a break there. So you know, and, and I won't even go into the Islam mistakes that are being made with sacred femininity so yeah yeah uh i've been exposing that a lot throughout my life throughout my teachings and it's an equal partnership sacred feminine sacred masculine 50 percent of the equation sometimes one will come in stronger than than the other uh, often during the awakening process, it's sacred feminine who is gestating the individual. And that gestation time can, can be different for each person. Brett's gestation will be different from Anthony's, which will be different from Sophia's, which will be different from Magali, which will be different from Barbara Whedon, different from John, different from David, Vincent, Delsko. Everybody's different in their gestation time because their karma is different. And because your karma is different, the, the redemptive time that you have to take in order to redeem that karma is different. Okay? And that's what governs the gestation period. Once you've had the spinal sweep, a different level of gestation is occurring, a second stage gestation before actual ascension. And ascension is really just the beginning. You gotta remember, while we're on this world, 
we're inside of limited consciousness. Limited, limitation, okay? As we ascend, we, we remove ourselves from limitation. And that is the key, is removing limitation from your life. And this is what we're talking about when I say, talk to your kundalini and, and have her give you an attention that you agree with. And then place your awareness and your attention upon that intent. And then act upon it. Keep your awareness sharp about that intention. Keep it constant. Remind yourself every day. This is part of the HUNA program as well. Remember, I, I, I spoke to you a few weeks ago about Huna, and there's a certain prayer within Huna that will literally give you what you want, even if it's egotistical. <laughs> this is what that's about. This is the nuts and bolts of that technique, of that prayer, of that of that technique. So let's look at Dr. Anthony. You know, he wants his healing center to come through, right? He wants the funding for it. He wants uh, people to be interested in it. He wants it to be a success. And so he places that intent and he does the Huna prayer, the Huna power prayer with it. And he does it every day without expecting anything, without having no expectation, just doing the Huna prayer, you know, taking the, doing the breathing doing everything he needs to do within that Huna prayer. And the Kundalini will tie right into that because that Huna prayer is a prayer to Kundalini. They just call it a different name. They call it Amakua. Okay. What we're talking about today is also to be discussed within the context of that Huna prayer. H-U-N-A. Now, if you look up on the internet, you're not going to find this. You know, it's sad to say not everything is represented on the internet. Look up the uh, looking glass. You know, the Iranian device that was discovered, you know, I don't know how long ago. The military is not releasing that into the internet. You could look up project looking glass and you can kind of see a little bit more of what I'm talking about. But they're not going to give away those secrets. Absolutely not. So don't have that expectation. Right now, I want everybody to focus on Jolanta. Are you ready? Everybody sent, set the intention for Jolanta, for bliss and happiness and health. Those three things, bliss, happiness, and health for Jolanta right now. Set the attention. Look at her picture. She's right there. And when I count to three, I want you to ask your grace to send to her for seven days. You ready, everybody? Now, uncross your legs, uncross your arms, open your heart chakra. Bring your fingers into position. Bring your tongue tip behind your upper front teeth. You can talk with your mind to your kundalini. Breathe through your nose. Get yourself ready.
and one, two, three. And now release, release it. Look at Jolanta, look at her picture right there. Close your eyes, see her picture and blow that picture up, blow it apart. Okay, now the work is done. You blow the picture in order to make the separation so that your ego doesn't keep going back, checking on Jolanta, say, well, did it work? Did it work? Did it work? <laughs> All right, any questions, comments, complaints, concerns that you'd like to discuss before we end the blog talk here? Anybody? Uh, yes, I, I have a question, Chris. Yes, sir. Um, what's the, the difference in the quality when you astral project then remember when you say that you can, you know, project over here? Bilocate. Bilocate. What's the difference between astral projection and bilocation? Huh. In, in the experience. Like I just bilocated behind you and I was looking at the back of your head as you asked that question. Uh, bilocation is really fast. It's almost instant really fast. I mean, there is no, whereas with astral projection, your body goes through certain levels of relaxation in order to release the consciousness. Um, with bilocation, the consciousness is not released because I'm looking at the front. Okay, so now I'm behind you and I'm in front of you at the same time. You can't do that, astral projecting. It's, it's kind of a one-way street with astral projection. You leave the body, and therefore, as you, you leave the body, the body is no longer conscious of itself, okay? Because that which is conscious within the body has left. Now, it's still connected by that cord, and, and I don't care what they tell you. Say, oh, there's no stuff. There's always, always a cord connection with the body. It's just a very, very fine electromagnetic stream of energy that is connecting you to your body. You're never truly disconnected from the body because of that cord. Okay. With bilocation, now I'm now I'm in Holly's room and I'm looking at her profile. Looks like I'm looking at her left profile. Now I'm behind your head and I'm in Holly's room and I'm here at the same time. You wanna look at it the way you look at a fly's eyes. On a fly, you'll see hundreds of eyes. That's kind of how it is, okay? 
it's hard for the linear mind to calculate that though. And I, I can't even tell you how I calculate it. It's just that when I'm looking at Holly and I'm looking at you, my mind splits, the visual splits, and I'm able to see both at the same time, front and back or front, your back, her side, her profile. Is, is astral projection more um, visual than um, by location? Is one clearer than the other? Or are both I don't know. For me, bilocation is extremely clear because I use it so much. That muscle is pretty strong. Uh, I started out astral projecting. Um, I learned uh, Monroe's techniques, and I found that if you want to astral project, you do it in the daytime. You don't do it at nighttime. Okay. Um, I found I was able to do it at will after a certain amount of time. Um, like if I was like pissed off in an entity that was like visiting me like a succubus or an incubi, you know, I could slam my head in anger into the pillow and astral project right to where they were and mess with them. <laughs> mess, mess with their hunting. And, uh, you know, I... I can't teach by location. I can teach astral projection, but I can't teach by location. I don't know how to teach that. He hasn't given me even permission to teach it. The only permission I have with by location is to talk about it. Astral projection, I can teach that. She won't let me teach the majority of kundalini gifts. Okay. She won't let me teach you how to see with your third eye. Which she, she was teaching me how to see that way back in like when I was 12, 13, 14. And then it got really intense when I was in my late teens and early 20s, throughout the 20s then. Once you learn how to see, you can't stop seeing. It's like you can't go around through life closing your eyes like this. Once your eyes are open, well, you're seeing and you're seeing whatever you're seeing, whether you like it or not. Okay. With bilocation, I can choose to do that. With astral projection, you can choose to do it, but it's going to happen anyway, whether you're conscious or not. That's what makes it so easy to, to do. Astral projection is what happens when we go to sleep. The body leaves, or the soul leaves the body. The consciousness leaves the body. You have an entire life that you have lived outside of the waking life. You've met people, you've integrated with people, you've learned certain things totally outside of the waking life. And you're not even aware of it. And I have a feeling this is where the Akashic uh, thing comes into play because it deals with a life that you don't realize that you're living. 
But if you're doing the astral projection, you may learn. You may learn more about that. And I suggest you do it. There's a lot of fear that something's going to jump into your body while you're out. Well, you got to remember, you're never really disconnected, ever. And if you're astral projecting and you feel the back of your head right here, the back of your head right here, from your neck up to the occipital lobe, you'll feel this connection point. And it, sometimes it comes off as big and bony connection point there, and sometimes it's very subtle. But it's connect, you're connected. And as soon as you feel fear, it's typically when you're slammed back into your body. Okay? Now, I don't suggest you go around merging your energy with any kind of entity. I know people do it. They say, oh, yeah, it's great. I learned everything about that. As soon as you keep your, keep your hygiene, you know, keep your energetic hygiene intact. You don't, I mean, Gary, when you helped that guy at the gas station, did you go up and give him a nice big French kiss and did you have rectal sex with him? No, I did not. I wanted to. I wanted to, but I, I no. I'm kidding. No, I was quite, I was quite embarrassed by it. I just wanted him to take the money and then be done. Right. But. <laughs> so, so, so carry over that attitude of not mixing your energies in the astral the same way you do here. Okay. You don't need to do that. You don't need to deep kiss everybody that uh, you come in contact with on the astral. And people do. People do. Good question there. And Donnie, well done. Well done, my friend. Thank you for that. Anybody else have a question, comment? complaint that you want to make. <laughs> How you doing, Jolanta? You still feeling that? It's going to be an interesting seven days for you, my dear. <laughs> Anybody else? Can you hear um, me, Chris? Yes, ma'am. I can hear you very well. Thank you. Merci beaucoup, mademoiselle. I have a question, please. Okay. Um, um, at the beginning of my activation, uh, one, one time I was sleeping and I suddenly traveled really fast and I ended up in space. So I think I saw, yeah, I saw, I was traveling and I saw the space around me. And eventually, I think I saw what, look, what looked, like, looked like the seven chakras aligned like this. Nice. So would that be what you call the astral projection? We, oui. yes. Uh, or precognitive vision. In other words, you saw what was going to happen to you. Oh, okay. With your, with your chakras. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is why you have such a severe process. You have a strong process, Magdalene. When you have that, you remember a long time ago when I said, okay, I can get rid of these entities or we can keep them in you and you can learn from the pressure that they apply to you inside, right? You there? Yes. Uh -oh. yeah, okay. 
So you chose to keep them inside and to use the pressure they apply to you as a way to magnify your evolution uh, with Kundalini, correct? Hello. Yes. Yeah, okay. So in order to have that done, your chakras had to be in a specific kind of alignment. And they were, and it was done, and here you are, my dear. Yeah, that was a precognitive vision. And Kundalini people get those. Precognition is kind of, uh, within higher frequencies, uh, precognition is, <laughs> there goes Ushkar, she's gone. <laughs> I know it's getting late for everybody, so I'll end this really quick, I promise. Um, uh, precognition happens for Kundalini, like telepathy. Precognition telepathy happens for Kundalini people fairly easily. Not something you have to really strain and try hard with. Uh, as far as astral projection goes, um, some things will feel like an astral projection, but if you're in the waking life, were you in the waking life, Magali, or was it a dream? I, I was sleeping. So it was a dream. You, you have an interesting connection these days. Uh, <laughs> you ought to call the internet guy to have him fix that. Um, yeah, that could have been more of an astral projection but it was an actual uh, an astral projection that was showing you a waking uh, potential that you were beginning to to experience to advance upon. I've had a similar situation when I was consciously astral projecting. I did it a lot, and I would try to solve my daily issues uh, through astral projection. So you know, what kind of job? What kind of uh, what is my girlfriend thinking about this or that? Right. And uh, I would uh, create a platform about 350 miles over the world. And the platform would be like the black uh, wood that you would see uh, on, a, on a piano, on a piano top, right? And so I created a large rectangular black uh, platform and I would stand on that platform. And I would say, the situation is such and such. And I would, I would stretch out my hands and I would be taken somewhere. And I, I can remember flying through, it's like you're flying through the Hubble telescope picture of all the galaxies. And so I would be flying through that and I would land at a certain planet somewhere and they'd place me on the planet and my lesson was to be given there. And then I would go through the different lessons there on the planet. And then I'd be taken back to my body. Okay. So that's how it would happen for me quite a bit. Or as I'm standing in orbit over the world, um, a certain thing would come towards me. Uh, sometimes it would be a throne. This giant throne would come towards me. And, and I would sit in the throne and certain teachings would be given to me at that time. So that's how it worked for me. 
uh, not necessarily how it will work for you, but I just had a capacity for astral projection that I don't. I don't practice that capacity anymore, or sometimes I do, but mostly for me, it's it's by location. Like I'm standing behind Elizabeth, right, or Samantha. I'm standing behind Samantha, and now I'm gone, and now I'm uh, right behind Russia there watching her face as she goes into that position and now I'm gone and now I'm with uh, I'm sitting in the passenger seat of, of Alexander's car and I'm looking at him look at me on the screen so yeah yeah your car is kind of stinky you might want to clean that up a little bit no, I'm just kidding just a joke <laughs> okay I know it's late late now you have any other questions i'll be happy to answer them but uh you know people are falling asleep here all right ladies and gentlemen thank you thank you thank you it's always a pleasure to talk with you uh thank you all uh for giving jolanta her energetic and we'll see how that goes for her throughout the week i want you to stay happy stay healthy stay blessed embrace your intentions and stay aware of what you want to have happen without controlling it. Remember, she created the situation for Gary at the gas station. I think we have to make a movie called Gary at the gas station. So <laughs> love you all. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.